ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. I'm Jane Rosenthal. Bob De Niro. Ben Stiller. <laughs> and, and Jay Roach. We're talking uh, from two studios split apart by 3,000 miles. Jane and Bob are in New York, and we're in Los Angeles. The wonders of technology. sequence that we did with Terry after um, the film was edited together in previews, people seemed to want to sort of get to know her better and be introduced to her as the uh, love interest in the person for whom uh, Bob and Ben were going to be fighting over. Jay, you had a lot of different ideas for title sequences though, didn't you? Yeah, we thought about stills and uh, we thought about home movies with Ben and Terry and Somehow this one seemed sort of more abstract and kind of hooked us in. But when you're a fool in love, you'll be up. That's Chicago. Those are, those are shots of Chicago, but we never went to Chicago. <laughs> we um, doubled, uh, that's, is that Brooklyn? Isn't that Brooklyn? Yeah, that is Brooklyn. Yeah. Right near but, the Marcy Armory where we're But you put up a sign that says Chicago Medical and all of a sudden. I know we haven't been together that long. But these last ten months have just been the happiest of my life. Did you end up liking that shot? This shot? Yeah. The nurse shot? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I never had an opinion about it either way. I mean, I think it's... Why? What do you mean? In what way? I'm going to be a great moderator. No. Really? Because I think that kind of sums up everything. No! Oh, oh, sorry. It was the catheter joke. That always gets kind of like a nice little chuckle in the theater, but <laughs> I always get the feeling people think, oh, this is the kind of joke that's going to be in this movie. <laughs> Setting time. a tone. Yeah. I always like how happy you are at the beginning of the scene. It is kind of like Mary Tyler Moore at the beginning. Really? <laughs> this is going to be very revealing. <laughs> we never have, none of us have got to talk about this movie since, uh, since it came out. Pretend that it's right there in front of you. Not only with my best friend, but... You're also the person that... Me, yeah, this is me trying to look like I know how to smoke. 
I obviously don't. Also trying to look warm. Yeah. It's like 10 degrees outside and raining. Did you practice smoking before, or you just... I did. I practiced for most of the pre-production period. Then I um, I quit at a certain point. There's a scene on the roof later on <laughs> where I'm supposed to look like I'm happy to be smoking. And uh, I did a really big inhale, and I got very, very sick for I'm, about a day. I thought you were going to pass out, actually. It's dangerous to be up on the roof. And then I stopped everything with the smoking after that. Did you smoke before that? Uh, I, I've smoked intermittently, Bob, in my life, but I've never been like a major smoker. Are you yeah. a smoker? No. You, you <coughs> smoke you a lot of herbal, herbal cigarettes, yeah, but they don't, you know, they don't make you feel funny or get queasy. Yeah, I, I wish I would have told you. Now you told me. Yeah. Did you talk about how the original uh, sequence? We talked ever? about, yeah, there was this um, much bigger, more elaborate proposal scene in a baseball stadium. Ben and I secretly wanted that <laughs> to be the yeah. beginning of the movie. I mean, I think this was a, a great alternative to that because it was much cheaper and more manageable, kind of, and you got the idea that he was you know, going to great lengths to try to do this great proposal. But the original script had this uh, Wrigley Field uh, Chicago Cubs game, and he had a, uh, what was it, like a Skyrider airplane? Yeah. Say, marry me, Pam. And, and a ring in the Cracker Jacks box. Oh, yeah, right, a ring in a Cracker Jack, and then it all kind of goes wrong because somebody steals the Cracker Jack. A guy wants to buy the Cracker Jacks. And this turned out to be a, a sort of nice, warm, kind of a, a misdirection to make you feel like it's going to be a, a romantic comedy that's very light and sweet and warm and before everything starts to go wrong later. Okay, I know you got to go. All right, I love you. This is the only time we got to shoot in Manhattan, the, the entire shoot. And it's supposed to be Chicago. How ironic. See, I think I look so cold and freezing. My nose is red. Didn't I lobby you to reshoot this thing? <laughs> you, we thought about reshooting it, but and we thought about even like um, digitally making your breath go away. And but it sort of played as late, late fall, and I don't know. People don't seem to question it too much. But I, I remember thinking, oh, how are we gonna do this? We did actually warm it up in the timing, and seemed to help a little bit. It didn't look quite as cold on film. It's not going to mutate or anything. Uh, sir, that's not going to fit. Wait, hang on a second. The bag's too big, guy. you got to check it. That guy does a good Chicago accent. <laughs> I can't really open it here, so don't you think I can maybe just carry it on? Hey, pal, if it ain't fitting true to frame, you ain't carrying it on the plane. 531, New York LaGuardia. Check it. Wait, wait. That's where the beginning of all the problems start. <laughs> kind of like the house of cards type of thing, right? Yep. Kind of. <laughs> Excuse me. 
This was an elaborate special effects rig, right? <laughs> Projectile vomit rig. It's a, a very sophisticated, a big tube connected yeah. to, some <laughs> to some cream of mushroom soup. Just to close my the real trick was that puppet. Oh, yeah. That baby puppet. That was a really hard one. Oh, that was an animatronic <laughs> baby. <laughs> I wish it was. We couldn't get it to cry, but we, we none of us had the heart to do anything to it to make it cry. So, of course, it was like the happiest baby you could find. No, not at all. He's the sweetest man in the whole world. Just relax. He's going to love you, I promise. I'm always amazed that you get away with looping. That scene was so noisy when we shot it, and everything was replaced in post-production. It sounds great. <laughs> okay, no jokes. <laughs> what are you doing? What? I told it's you. It's the very first scene we filmed, I think. First day of shooting. First yeah. day. One day in, and we were already a day behind. <laughs> I was so nervous shooting this day that I kind of lost track of uh, of time. We were actually having a good time, and everybody was already starting to crack up a little bit, and things just took a long time. But it, the awkwardness, since we were all sort of nervous around each other, played into the scene pretty well, I thought. Bob, how many times did you have to spin her around like that? It seemed like I was going to break your back that day. Oh, just a couple. It was okay. It's fine. So did you. Look at you. And Rusty Smith, our production designer, had to put all those leaves on the trees because I think we had lost a lot of leaves mm. at that point. Yeah, this was late November, I think, already by the time we started shooting and the whole movie turned into a movie about leaves. So I figure, hey, pull down decent bucks. Might as well go all out, pop for the full size. Sure. Interesting color, you pick it? Oh, no, it's the guy at the counter. Why? Well, they say geniuses pick green. But you didn't pick it. Jack. I love how fatherly and pop looks here the soft sweaters and the standing there with Blythe and underneath you just still are sort of intimidating <laughs> intimidating Ben so much that he doesn't know what to do oh no no I carried on that's my girl <laughs> it'll turn up I'm sure and anyway Greg meanwhile anything you need just to I like Blythe's little um boop 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 she does little sounds all the time <laughs> boop 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 it's kind of the urn in the script, but they're very funny. This is so nice. We thought about cutting that shot a couple times, and Bob actually suggested putting that shot back in of him looking around the neighborhood because it just sets a tone for how much he's sort of watching out for everybody. He's always vigilant. Um, sort of scary, too, but he's, uh, he's just a protective father and just happens to be an ex-CIA guy. Yeah, it's, I always wondered what you were looking for there. <laughs> Did that work for you, Bob? The way it finally turned out? Yeah, I thought <coughs> I, I oh, only to maybe cut to the door from the inside more, where he's just looking. You know, I think you had that shot if you really want. Recut it for the <laughs> winter. Yeah, recut it. <laughs> 
But it was better than, than it was, absolutely. Yeah. Damn, I didn't know you had a cat. Yeah, I left him here when I moved to Chicago. You always seem to really like these cats, Bob. Was that just acting, or did you actually have a connection with them? Uh, well, I, I like animals. I like cats. Were you able to keep track of which of the three cats you were working with each time? I thought we only had two. I didn't realize we had two. <laughs> <laughs> they were, Did uh, you like one more than the other? I, uh, they, were both, they both had their good and bad qualities. I had to move all my potted plants off the floor. Plus, you got another guy around the house to leave the seat up. Hmm. This was in the uh, stage facility in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. The big drafty uh, armory from how old is that place? Like 100. I don't know, Bob. Do you know how old that place is? No, Jane. Do you know? It's old. Yeah. So we built the whole house. Jay had the whole house built inside of the um, this armory, doubled as a studio. It was actually a full-on two-story set, and the whole house was pretty well architecturally accurate to mm -hmm. what the house was in Oyster Bay, the exterior that we shot with. I don't. I don't hate cats at all. <laughs> Just be honest about it. There's some things I hate. I I'm <laughs> I know that that was all improvised. That little section. You that guys, was, yeah, honestly. that whole thing of um, it's okay. <laughs> Bob yeah. came up with all that on the day, and your your response to really what like what? Listen, be nice to this one, okay? Kind of like him. Okay, I'll try. Great. When we started shooting the film, Bob, I wasn't so sure you would enjoy improvising as much as you ultimately did. Did you have training in that at all, or you just... Uh, well, I've, I've done movies where we've imp improvised a, a bit. Uh, you know, so... I mean, every film is different, and... and uh, yeah, that was. Um, I mean, I've done films where I've done a lot more improvising than this. Just little stuff. Yeah, yeah. made a big difference sometimes, though, because yeah. the little details were sort of added up. It's really great. Yeah, that was good to know. Whoa! Oh, look at this! It's a flower pot with a dirt in it. Hmm. Actually, the real gift is what's planted. <laughs> I love how optimistic you are. So earnest. And Which I was told is one of the rarest and most beautiful flowers in existence. Oh, right, right. The, uh, the, the Jerusalem. From the Jerusalem to the This was a couple of days shooting this scene, wasn't it? I think this one was was just one day. Because of the... Uh, like a couple I know. It, felt <laughs> it got hard because of the nanny camp. Because we had a lot... There was a lot of dialogue and... Kind of these long, <laughs> awkward pauses, which had to be long and awkward. I know. I, there was a version of the scene which was twice as long, which I always liked. Right. Too, but the pace of the movie couldn't really sustain it. But just like endless minutes of just staring at each other and clinking glasses. Oh, is that better than a nurse? No, Mom. Triage is a unit of the ER. It's where all the top nurses work. Well, no, I do. <laughs> Not many men in your profession, though, are they, Greg? No, Jack. Not traditionally. Mm -hmm. You started liking having that cat in the scenes, Bob. Mm, yeah. Well, it seemed right to have, have the cat as much as possible. 
Yes, and I thought with my knowledge and experience, why should I allow retirement to stop me? I really admire that. Yeah. So what is it? What's, uh, what's the new venture? Well, let me ask you a question, Greg. Let's just say you have kids and you want to get out of the house, spend a night on the town, you know. So you hire a babysitter, someone you think you can trust. References, work experience. Do you know where this nanny cam thing came from? Because I just saw a thing on TV, like, they're, like it's a serious business. This, right? It's like a real Yeah, they thing. actually have these bears that have cameras built into them. And I guess they've like, actually caught people doing stuff to kids. And, and that it's was like in, a real deal. And that was in the original yeah. script? Yeah, it was always in the, it was always in the script as a, sort of what would a, a guy who had these skills do with his free time to, to not only have a sort of hobby but make money. What's this look like to you? Um... The idea was to try to turn it up a little bit by having them be motion sensitive. So when he waves his hand in front of this, um, when he waves his hand there, he's triggering a, a switcher, like almost like a video director, so that it could be mounted in <laughs> different places, which was going to be a much bigger device in the story. We were going to have that oh, right. whole thing where you walk around and... Right, the end of the movie was going to be me like pr practicing telling him how much I... Loved her and, and him seeing it accidentally. So you'd pick up a pen or something, there'd be a camera in that, and you'd talk to the pen or you'd go right. to the mirror and right. talk to the mirror. And everywhere you went, it would magically be in your face, which we, were, we made all this stuff up to kind of justify that contrivance. But it still made him seem just clever and cool, sort of a James Bond father. Quite. Hmm. I just can't believe that we have a camera looking up life down her skirt in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> the basic instinct shot. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I know, Jane, you had the idea of like having her actually do the, the leg cross thing, which I thought was really funny. Oh, that wasn't the airline, was it? No, wrong number. We're all out of Collins mix, so I'm going to make a run to the store. Well, that's funny. I thought I just bought some. Well, you know how that stuff it just goes, so uh, I'll be back in a jiff. Well, why doesn't Did Greg... say here how much I love my wardrobe in this movie? <laughs> yeah. It's my favorite uh, look, yeah. and luckily I got to keep it all. Do you think, you know, we, <laughs> we stuck in that line that said, the shirt fit okay, Greg? Yeah. I, I was just, I was paranoid that people weren't going to know that I'm supposed to be wearing uh, his clothes. I know. It was I a don't big know if deal. people ever got that. I'm not sure. I, I think they just think I have that. That's my fashion sense. <laughs> that you the like characters wears lots of cowl necks. <laughs> in the previews, we got notes wondering if those were your real clothes. And so I, I think in the uh, oh really? The fixes we, you never told me that. In the fixes we got, if <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm exaggerating. Okay. I don't know. I mean, we haven't really discussed it, but uh, I definitely have the feeling this is it. Dad seems to like him, don't you think? Absolutely. <laughs> this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. We have we have whole takes of this scene. You probably shot it, what do you think, seven or eight times all the way through. Any one of the takes would have played without any cuts. Um, a really funny, awkward, long scene, sometimes with a little bit of improvisation, but mostly what was scripted. But with huge long pauses in the middle that which we should put those on the DVD. Don't you have stuff that has a lot more singing too, Jay? 
We have somewhere uh, Bob goes off with yeah with uh, Puff the Magic Dragon. We actually Bob uh, sang for us in the post production process and looped in here more than he was actually singing uh, on the day to <laughs> give us more of a sense of him humming along with it. Wagging your little tail, I was happy to see you. So you need that assurance, do you? You prefer an emotionally shallow animal? I. You see, Greg, when you yell. You guys are pretty much trapped in this car all day. Yeah, we were in the car because you just had that loop that you shoot in where the area of road that is good for the movie, and then you have to stop and go back to the beginning again. The cameras are all attached to the car. So I always wish that I'd rolled footage on. You guys looking at each other in between those. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember those, Bob? Those long rides back to the beginning. Mm. Well, also because yeah. your microphone's always on, so you forget. Sometimes you forget your microphone is on, and people can listen to you talking. I would never do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought it wasn't really about a dragon, huh? <laughs> You know, the whole drug thing. Did you know about the whole drug thing before the movie, Bob? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't know that. Really? Really? No, never heard of it. Wasn't, I wasn't... I wasn't aware of that. Did smoke, uh, smoke um, marijuana? Isn't that some special lens you used to keep both of us in focus there? Yeah, it's this weird thing called a slant focus thing. Um, keeps the foreground sharp and the midground sharp at the same time. Commercial guys use it all the time. No, no, what? No, 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 Jack. No. It's pretty slick. <laughs> it is a cool shot. It's actually yeah. like a Mount Rushmore look or something. It's really cool. Well, Greg, I'll meet you back out front in about 12 to 15 minutes. <laughs> I don't think that was scripted. <laughs> 12 to 15 minutes. <laughs> it always cracks me up. <laughs> it's those little things that, that you do, Bob, that just, oh, just they crack me up. I don't know where you've come up with them. Well, thanks, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> That's Judah Friedlander. He's pretty funny. How'd you find him? Alan Chenoweth, the casting person, found him... Um, in New York, she did a good job with all of these characters. Um, Kali Rosha, the flight attendant. Yeah, at the she's end. great. She's hilarious. Mums, it's on sale for thirteen ninety-five. <laughs> we laughed so hard that day on the set. It was one of those days where this one we definitely did a bunch of improvising. Complete. I don't know if we ended up using what we ended up using was any of the improv, but just to get into it. Thor Svensson. <laughs> <laughs> Bob named him Thor yeah. Svensson. <laughs> what was the original name? Because what, what, he didn't look Scandinavian. Oh, no, or in the script, he was, wasn't written as a Scandinavian, right? Yeah, it was like... Did, you Merkel came up with that, right, Bob? Yeah. You came up with that? Yeah, name? yeah. yeah. <laughs> looks like Chris Walker, man. Right. <laughs> Walker? Hey, Jack. Ready to go? Well, I've been ready, yeah. I ran out of Collins mix. Bob, you want to talk about Falker? Um, well, Falker was, you know, you had to make sure that you said, we, we looped a few of the Falkers because it was 
Falker, and the, the joke was more clear if it was Falker. You agree? Yeah, um, it yeah, did. So it worked better. We we replaced a lot of them. Falker, Falker. Yeah, people people always seem to laugh when they hear Falker. Yeah, it was like That's we we couldn't put it in enough. We kept sticking it off camera. In the trailer, they changed it to Falker. Really? Right. <laughs> I saw that in the, <laughs> the theater. Teaser. I was like, well, I, I was like, why? They spell it F O C K E R in the trailer, and then they wouldn't let us say Falker. Really? What if we worked at the airline? Ma you know, the airplane so manufacturer. So arbitrary. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, well, uh, Greg's Jewish dad. Yeah. You're telling me Jews don't pray, honey? Yeah. Uh, unless you have some objection. No, 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 no. Uh, no, I'd love. This was two days shooting this scene. Two full days. This, two full days. Fifty thousand feet of film. Enough, Fifty thousand feet. <clears throat> enough to make, you know, a couple small features. And you guys did it like 30 times. Hence, nobody eats meat the entire scene. <laughs> yeah, I made the green bean choice early on because I knew it was going to be. <laughs> Which I think one. it's hilarious. When he <laughs> says, Greg, would you like to say grace? And, and the beans hanging out of your mouth. I tortured you by leaving in too many I bean felt like shots. we went to the green bean one too many times. <laughs> Accommodating. Now, Jane, I, this was your idea to go into the day by day. I have to give Jane Rosenfeld credit for that. The song date, wasn't it? Yeah, I always used to sing it, so. Is that true? Yeah. I think that's such a great idea. Hamburg, John Hamburg came in and did a, uh, a great job of patching it into the scene. You came up with Smorgasbord, though, did you know? No, that was Hamburg's that? line. Yeah. That's Hamburg, yeah. Things we pray. <laughs> that reaction <laughs> it's so good all the reaction shots in the scene are good too but he really <laughs> those little peaks Bob are so funny that's lovely thank you Greg that was interesting too Oh, Bob had the instinct to um, use a couple more close-ups than we originally had for those looks during the prayer, which I thought really helped, too, because it accentuated the private war between the two characters that was going on sort of under the surface. The remains of Jack's mother. This scene always reminds me of the scene of the heartbreak kid, Charles Grodin, when he's trying to ingratiate himself to her family. Yeah, it was a, you told me about that film. I had never seen it before we yeah. started, and I, I watched it a couple of times before. It's one of my favorite comedies. I miss you. miss you every day. Oh, honey, why don't you read Greg your poem? Oh, no. He doesn't want to hear that. What? No. What? What, what poem? <laughs> Bob, you had the idea of um, having this poem so tightly folded up in the wallet. Yeah. To, sh to show that you carried around all the time. Yeah. You wrote the most beautiful poem about your mother. Please, we really want to hear it. Poem, poem, poem. Mm -hmm. Please? Oh, all right. <laughs> I'm still not happy with it. As soon as it's ready, then I am going to glaze it onto a plate and put it next to the urn. Yes? Was that your line, Bob? Glaze it on the plate? Yeah, I got that from the still <laughs> photographer, Phil Caruso. I think it's hilarious. 
life, you gave me milk, you gave me courage. Your name was Angela, the angel from heaven. Bob, have you ever done theater? Have you ever done plays before? This, uh, this whole scene sort of played like a play. You guys seem to have such a good time all just stuck there doing it in this sort of limited space, but did you enjoy, enjoy doing this one? Yeah, we had fun doing it. Nevermore. Never you know, by the 25th time that you've done <laughs> it, you get everybody started to get a little bit uh, goofy or up. loopy. You know, you start to... Some of the... I think, did we shoot your stuff last? We might have. Or no, I guess we shot Bob's doing this poem as the very, very last thing. And I just remember thinking, like, that you'd think that your stuff was over. you think, and then we know there's another angle from over, <laughs> you know, Blythe's shoulder or from the point of view of the, of the roast beef or whatever. <laughs> So many. We had cameras, angles. and every little break between the people sitting around the table, at one time or another, a camera set. But you know, usually there's kind of that feeling. You think, well, once they get my close-up finished, then I can kind of relax a little bit. But this one, there was always another <laughs> always come side. Another, uh, ben, yeah. uh, actually, I'm, I'm going to do it over five or ten more times. Per se, the house that we grew up in was. <laughs> Watch what Ben does with his hands here. It's like. One of my favorite. So. <laughs> <laughs> it cracks me up. Which one did you milk then? Dad. See, that might have been the green bean too many. <laughs> green bean too far. <clears throat> Those aren't my feet. That's not my shoes. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I think that's a double, yeah. yeah. You want to hear a story? Sure. My sister. We would always shoot all day, and then the cat unit would come in at night and sneak in and shoot. Work with Jinxie. Little engine that could run. To the teat. Teat? Dad. What have you. I went in and just simply, you know. I think that wasn't that uh, Terry Polo's idea to do. I think I was to doing do it. Two? I was doing a one-handed uh, milking motion. Then she, somebody said to do two. Oh really? I never. Somebody thought it'd be funnier to I do never two. Knew Milk a cat. Give Terry credit for that one. I like her reaction in that shot too. When we shot that in a wider shot, and we at the after watching a, a an overnight cut of it, I I think I went back and shot a tighter shot of it. Oh really? Champagne, champagne. You get overnight cuts. I I sit there and sort of do it with the uh, with the playback tapes. Really? <laughs> no, like on your on your computer? No, but I I do sort of I just look at it over over and over and sort of list out the shots. I do do that with the with the playback tapes, the, the video tap tapes at night. While you're still while well, you're shooting. If I'm in the middle, since yeah. we shot it over two days, I got to go back and think how it would cut together. That's smart. Would anybody care for a bottle of Oyster Bay Drug and Sundry's finest champagne? That is so sweet of you, Rick. Isn't that a nice gesture? I think people see that coming. The champagne? The champagne cork. I do. I do, but I mean, they still seem to... I seem to get well, I think because the cat like, kind of takes it to the next level. What were you going to say, Jay? No, I think what happens is they start to get really nervous as he's uncorking it, and you, you hear the tension in the audience. Oh! 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 Dixie, no! Psst! Oh! Dixie, no! Oh my god! 
Greg, sweetie, how you doing? I do a lot of hoes in this movie. <laughs> Which are improvised, by the way. I take credit for the hoes. That's true. That's that term. Improvisation. Who, Daddy and me? No, Kevin and you. Well, Greg, do we have to know everything about each other's past? I mean, you know, you Well, I never got that shot you wanted in the ashes. Oh. What shot was that? The, um... Of the bridge? Yeah. Bob always thought we should have a shot of bridge work down in the ashes. Oh, right, right. <laughs> Would have been really dark, but really funny. <clears throat> he was there, but we just didn't... We didn't Get a tight enough right, yeah. shot with the paw, the cat paw moving with it. For a month before I realized that I'd made a mistake. Okay, I, I gave back the ring. I moved to Chicago, and I met and fell in love with you. Okay, so can we please drop this? Ben had the idea to play the scene without um, seeing him in the bathroom. I'd, it would have been scripted and sort of designed to see him in the mirror as he's talking to Pam through that whole scene about Kevin, and. Uh, it, was, it worked much better. I even, of course, went back and shot a shot to yeah. try I, to follow through on my theory. I think that's in the outtakes, too. And I'm mocking, kind of mocking you <laughs> because I didn't want it to be in the movie. <laughs> that was I think a <laughs> passive aggressive way of not making the <laughs> shot work. It's <laughs> a good strategy. <laughs> it worked much better the way, we, the way we cut it. You were right. Speaking. Or growing to love you. I know it's late, but Mr. Winky is still in Chicago. Only one way to make Mr. Winky go away, right? And there it is. What's with the robe? It's Pam's. Yeah, my pajamas are in the suitcase with everything else. You had to cut that carefully to not repeat the tentpole joke from uh, oh flirting with disaster yeah because yeah. I didn't even get that that's what people were sort of reading into that that Bob was looking down at the oh I never the, actually I never even knew that yeah it came back in a couple of cards or something and we, we actually did cut it to make sure that he was just looking at the rope <laughs> I like the weird vibe in the scene <laughs> just kind of this weird silent <laughs> laid back okay thank you daddy Oh, thank you. Thanks, no, man. This will do just fine. Good night. Night, night. Then she did another chicka, 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 chicka. chicka. It's great. Okay, you too. No, we have to. We made up the pullout for you, Dad. No, 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 no. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> well, Teddy will be sleeping here tomorrow, so this way you'll have more privacy, you'll have your own bathroom. We're just trying not to flush the toilet, okay? It, it's always a little quirky. Okay. Oh, one more thing. I'm a realist, I understand. Mm -hmm. Bob, have you ever played a character like this uh, where you have such a kind of normal household life and normal clothes and where you're, where you're a father like this? Is this, do you, have you had a... No, something years ago in a movie. No, nothing really. Nothing this normal. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Did you enjoy that? I mean, I always thought that was cool that 
to, to because of the stuff you've done generally to uh, to do something where it was all sort of underneath this very father knows best kind of exterior. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's not that normal. In this <laughs> no, it's, yeah, I don't think his character's that normal. Yeah, <laughs> it's really it's not a little that twisted. <laughs> he just looks so normal, though. I just like how he's wearing the these. Like, look at those pajamas. Those are like normal guy pajamas. But like what everybody says, you know, what what family is normal once you get to know know it. But like the scene that's cut when uh, the itinerary gets screwed up, that's cut. Yeah. Right from the final yeah. version shows like his, the extent of his obsessiveness. You know? Yeah, and I think that's kind of. We actually did put that in the DVD. Yeah, where uh -huh. he's talking about the alternate route. The alternate route. Yeah. To uh, remember, you know, like when I screw up the itiner itinerary with the um, spell check thing. Oh, oh, you put that in the DVD. Yeah. That that whole scene. I love that scene. I always oh, yeah. loved that scene, and everybody everybody was really good in it too. It was just one of those things where. We needed to get on with the story, and it got slow right there, so we, we weren't able to use it. Oh, no. Pamela, motherfucker. This is, okay, that's my, my least favorite moment in the movie. <laughs> it's not the most <laughs> dramatic we, action sequence. Jay and I uh, <laughs> obsessed over how we could uh, try to figure out a way for that door to open without me doing the... The, the, the big uh, kind of Abbott and Costello fall. <laughs> Don Knotts in the haunted oh, uh, house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we never figured out a solution to that, did we? We sort of solved it by we went in and reshot that one little piece with your feet going off. I think. Oh really? Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> Now, this is the office of a normal guy, if I ever saw one. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I wonder if anybody ever notices that saxophone riff over Bill Clinton that was very deliberate by Randy Newman. Oh, no. I... Operation Kosamui. It's amazing with Photoshop that you can patch somebody's face into a photograph like that. It really... Uh, Okay, I like to question every photograph you ever see. Jack, you scared me. Well, I heard a noise, so I came down to see if everything was okay. Everything's fine. I just, I'm sorry. I, I saw a light on in here, and I kind of stumbled in, and I didn't realize. Well, that's okay. This was a cool set, I thought. No, not at all. It really had that really little claustrophobic nook feeling. It was it. hard to shoot in, nook. though, remember? Yeah. How like we felt all crammed in there, and yeah, but it, it was, at least you know it felt like a real space, yeah. which was cool. Is that what that is? Because I I've seen these. I think we shot in here for like a day and a half, because of the polygraph thing. It was really hard to get all the wires all set up right and the machine to work right. I found this an emotionally exhausting scene to do. <laughs> yeah, I just I I, I well, you spent time with the real polygraph expert too, right? Yeah, he was there the whole time we were shooting. Bob, do you remember when this whole idea of doing the polygraph came up? Uh, yeah, when we had that meeting, me, you, and Ben, I think. At dinner? At dinner. Yeah. I mean, it was something I was thinking of sort of before and whatever, but yeah. Right. Bob yeah. was doing some research on another film, and uh, 
started talking about it, and I we I felt sort of nervous while you were talking about it because you were talking about like the guys learn to look at body language and how you how the questions go, and I and I just felt like <laughs> we were you. I mean, I was nervous that night. I think Ben was a little nervous, and it just seemed like a great scene as I saw you demonstrating how it would work and picturing Ben strapped into it. But I thought it was a great idea. Well, it ended up being like kind of the. You know, it was the Im- it's the image of the poster, yeah. and it kind of ended up being like what the tone of the movie was. You know, that it could go that far, still be realistic somehow. Somehow you buy that. Right, Jack that you could believe that he would actually it. give him a yeah. polygraph test. But it would be that much heightened reality thing that it did become the poster. It was pretty amazing. Relax, the needles are jumping. <laughs> I love that. You totally lose it there for a second. I think, well, that's really. I know. <laughs> that's what I love just letting the camera roll when you guys <laughs> crack each other up. Because sometimes, I mean, you really did lose it, but it looked like it was just nervousness. And it, sometimes those moments are really good. Yeah, and that was a longer scene, too. And, and the light came in and uh, interrupted at the end of it. And we ended up just, it ended up being like trying to find an ending for it, right? Yeah. Really. Sometimes you have to make the end of the scene serve the next scene instead of just serve itself. It's, it's always a hard call. Also, the polygraph guy said that that was the actual polygraph machine that um, I think Amy Fisher took her test on and Joey Buttafuoco did. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> really? That's what he said, yeah. Wow. I, I, nothing. Your mother walked thingies off before I had to answer. Is this how you'd react if I told you that he shoved bamboo shoots up my fingernails, huh? Seems to me that Every scene in the movie took place in that room. He shot in that in the den a lot. There were a lot yeah. of scenes in there. My father was never in the rare flower business. That was just his cover. He was in the CIA for 34 years. It was the only scene we shot sort of handheld like that. Mm-hmm. I always wondered if it was too kind of crazy once I saw it cut together. I wanted it to break tone, but it was very, very sort of documentary all of a sudden, tracking right down. Kind of had like that mystery Alaska. I noticed you had some handheld shots. I was watching it the other night <laughs> in the locker room feeling, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a commitment when you go with a handheld, isn't it? It's because you just you can't really cut you out of it in the middle yeah. of the scene because people will notice. You can't change partway through. So here you went into steady cam. Co- oh, this is steady cam. Yeah, we oh. drifted over to. Uh, oh, okay. Which is kind of a in between that lets style sort of transition from shaky to smoother. Could have probably ended up on the dolly by the end. I think we did, actually. What, no. What's wrong with me? I forgot. I'm not supposed to let the snake out of my cage. You're what? I told you Dad I wouldn't touch you for 72 hours. Hey, man, not in junior high anymore. Okay? No, no, no. Seriously, I want to try to respect his rules, okay? Another version of that line was keep the cobra in the basket. Really? <laughs> Keep the cobra. <laughs> I'm not gonna let the cobra out of the basket. All right. <clears throat> Seemed a little too on the nose somehow. Morning, Greg. Morning. Pam told me she let you in on a little secret of mine last night. I, this scene was always was like to me the creepiest scene, like in a funny way. And for some reason, I found it, it was. Um, I guess because, like, you know, sometimes you relate to what your character is going through in the movie. So it's, and a lot of the time I was so put off balance 
by what Bob, you know, like what you're doing to me, Bob. And mm-hmm. it was always, it was like this it, kind of this weird feeling of always kind of, it kind of going through what, you know, what the character's going through. Because in these scenes, all of a sudden, like, you're just, you know, laying down the whole scene in bed the whole day or, you know, trying to kind of find your footing. So it kind of did re- relate to real life yeah. in a way. Mm. Understood. Okay, good. Come on, let's go inside and have breakfast. I kept trying to think of ways to keep you more off balance as an actor mm. and have that be on. <laughs> but I could never... I've, I've read about directors who'd know how to yeah. do that, sort of manipulate, you know, but I, I don't know how to... I don't know how to lie to you. you know, right. To, but No, like, but you did do whatever you could do, right? I, well, I, you would come over and go say, well, did Bob like that take? And I'd say, well, <laughs> I, I think... I think he kind of liked it. <laughs> but I was, I'm just a bad liar. That's what I liked about that car scene. You guys are trapped together. And her fiance, Dr. Bob. Oh, you call me Bob. MD. These are his parents, Linda Banks. Hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. And the world famous plastic surgeon, Dr. Larry. Oh, oh, now cut that out. (laughs) I think the wardrobe thing was pretty clear here. Yeah, I I saved those pajamas. Do you have those? No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Ridiculous pajamas. Nursing. Hey, why don't I get you a chair, Greg? Thank you. Thanks. So, you didn't want to go for the MD? These guys were perfect. James Rebhorn and Tom McCarthy as the the two ideal doctors. A male nurse in a house of doctors. Trust me. Why did you I got to give Jerry Stahl credit for the male nurse idea. Uh, Jerry Stahl, who wrote Permanent Midnight, and just a very funny guy. Thinking of a funny occupation for, you know, not not macho occupation for a guy, but yet to be proud of it. Yeah, particularly though in in the fact that everybody else in the house are doctors. You know, it's like right. you're automatically inferior in some way from their point of view. Oh, no, Pam, no. No, that'll be fine. Bob, Greg will be your second usher. Good. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. Good. All right. Well, let's all finish up and get ready to go because we have... Talk about the flower shower thing you cut out? Well, well, you tell, you explain (laughs) because it was good. Those uh, plants behind Bob had little shower heads sticking in them because, uh, see there, the, the little spigots that look like shower heads, that was the flower shower, which was... A device we worked on carefully thought it was hilarious, and the audience kind of went, uh, we don't like it. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was the gift that Dr. Bob uh, gave to, um, it was... To Jack. To yeah. ja- right, that, to kind of ingratiate himself, and I just gave a pot of, you know, a, a pot of dirt, and he had this timer that watered, watered flowers, and kind of every time, me being one-up to him. It was, I thought it worked, too, to have the... Every time you started to talk, the alarm would go off and the flower shower would go off to right. remind you that your right. gift wasn't as good as his. But um, we just didn't play. Yeah, and that scene, <laughs> we just saw the flower shower went off. Yeah. And you scored it with raindrops keep falling on my head. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A little, uh, a little sort of Casio watch sound. Denny? Denny? 
Okay, got the Beastie Boys poster in there. That's cool. Did you choose that go away uh, doormat? I picked it out of. Uh, the other guys brought a, it up, but I wow, picked it out of. Yeah, it always gets like. Yeah. I know a nice laugh. Props. Props can be funny. Set dressing funny. Hey, 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 hey! Hi. What the hell are you doing here? I'm, I'm Greg, Pam's friend. She. What? Were you just sniffing my boxers, dude? No. <laughs> <laughs> John Abrahams, very funny guy. The more I worked with him, the more I wish this character had been sort of bigger, a bigger part of the story. You scare me. That keeps you guys under a pretty close watch, huh? No, it's not that bad. Your little the pants. dilemma about Denny's character was, how does this guy survive in this house? How does he get away with all this stuff? You know what I mean? All the stuff that Denny's doing, yeah. how would he get away with it yeah. with Bob's character? Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that other Beastie Boys sticker. <laughs> <laughs> Did that ever worry you, Bob? How... Which, how it was supposed to be that this guy could be this rebellious in your house? No, because that's, you know, that's the contradiction with all that going on. His son behaves, you know, it's a classic. People, people, come get your revised itineraries. Larry, Linda. That was the itinerary scene that was just cut. Yeah, right before the scene... It's actually before the Denny scene. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great note. Bob, you came up with those. Uh, there's several times in the film when you're hiding some alarm code from Ben, which I, it's, <laughs> that was really funny. It's a sculpture I found in Greg's top hat choice. It's great. It was always written that way that uh, the scene would take place in a tuxedo shop, which I thought was always really funny. But, but with the, top uh, hats, <coughs> that was your idea, right? I, I, I don't know, actually. But the, uh, the, uh, the idea of having this private war, you know, came up in talks with you and I and John Hamburg in the, uh, in the offices there in New York. And uh, this... This scene, along with the circle of trust scene, and then the uh, the chasing at the end, all kind of became part of that thing that you came up with, which I thought was a really cool idea. And this I'd was Bob's idea <laughs> to put it in the uh, yeah. closet because we started blocking the scene, and it all took place outside that changing room. It was Bob. one of those moments where we were a little behind schedule already in the film, and I had this whole elaborate thing set up with multiple mirrors and a whole changing room thing in that bigger room, and Bob came in and in the rehearsal and sort of shoved you in that thing, and I thought, oh. We're dead. I've got to relight, rescheme, and uh, it was so worth it. I kind of just went downstairs and said, "Bob has an idea. I think it's really good. It's going to cost us three or four hours to to relight this whole scene, and uh, and then just look how <laughs> how trapped he looks sitting down in that corner." That's where good producers come in and That's support your vision. <laughs> That's when it's good to have the actor be a producer. <laughs> Jane, good job. Way to go, Jane. Jack, I don't know what we're talking. All right, now look, Father, I'm a patient. 
but I will be watching you. This is my favorite mm. scene in the movie. <laughs> well, there's a big debate, isn't there, about whether or not this scene and the scene that happens in the brec before the breakfast the scene, where trust, right, yeah. the circle of trust scene, could both exist in the movie because they kind of had similar beats going on. Mm -hmm. I always thought they could both live, and I'm really glad we... Because the circle of trust thing really sets it up, and then this one is kind of the payoff to it. Um, and then it goes on and on throughout the film. But I just loved your the attitude you have in that scene. Yeah, it's perfect. It's terrific. Maybe. Now, this was the coldest day mm, so of the cold. year that we <laughs> shot this. We shot this direction early in the schedule, which was pretty warm, and then uh, the reverses this direction were all shot in January at like, I think it was 15 degrees or something. Hey, you look at the trees. I mean, those are our fake trees there, yeah. that yellow tree. Everything else is dead. I think it was like a wind chilled factor of 20 below. Mm -hmm. There he is. <laughs> Owen Wilson was uh, a sort of unpredictable casting choice for this <laughs> character. He was written as a kind of quarterback, you know, all-American dude, sort of very uh, kind of, I don't know, conventional frat boy sort of character, and Owen came in and, and turned it upside down. Did his own, his personal Owen spin on it. So if I can interest you in a swim and a little BBQ, just follow me. All right, Kevo, right on schedule. Wow. Bring it on. People had an incredible DVD screening room in their house. Everybody went to hang out and do takes. <laughs> there was a huge house. There were there were rooms everywhere. Yeah, there was this whole like movie theater room. <laughs> None of those photos were the real photos. You know, the, the actors were pasted into all of those, which I always thought was. You mean Owen didn't go skydiving? He didn't skydive for that. I didn't. <laughs> Pre-production shoot. The pre I wanted to shoot. do it as real, you know, but just couldn't talk anybody into it, so we just had to paste them in. The floor that you're walking on, I chose this Bolivian wormwood. I think works well in here. <laughs> the twin sub Z's. Yeah, they open up right there. Oh, well, I get it. Like hidden. Yeah, kind of blend in. Great. Are you a homeowner, Greg? No, no. I rent. Oh. So, things are going really. Yeah, it takes from this scene are really funny of Bob laughing. <laughs> There's, there's takes in the movie, like, like right there. I think Bob is just about ready to crack up. <laughs> Where I couldn't, I just, I just kept the film rolling, you know, because we didn't have time to, to cut and start over every time. So even if they were about to bust up, I'd just keep it going. But it had this great well, it's funny tension. It's, it's like somebody said it's like a talk show, really. Like Bob's hosting the talk show <laughs> starring Kevin. Yeah, he's really trying to make Kevin. <laughs> trying to set good. him up, yeah. Doing everything kind of undermine you. <laughs> He's orchestrating the entire thing, that's for sure. I'd love to find time to do some volunteer work. Just the other day, I saw this golden retriever that. <laughs> that's an Owen improv right there. <laughs> Owen's a good writer, you know. He, he, he can uh, what do you definitely write? come up with some surprising material. <laughs> I like to be painting with that brush. Yes, that's my day job. We have time. We got time, don't we, Jack? Okay. I won't. Come on, let's go. Yes. <laughs> so proud of Kevin. 
Looks like somebody got an A in woodshop. <laughs> yeah, it's always been kind of a hobby. I whittled that out of beech wood. Huh, it's beautiful. A little Trojan horse thing that was just there, a little toy. <laughs> I kept trying to block this so you guys would be far apart. Oh, really? You guys have this natural instinct to, <laughs> to be right next to each other, which hmm. but it turned out to work really well. Greg's Jewish. Are you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so was JC. This scene always made me laugh in the script. <clears throat> well, I'm going to head to the pool, but... There are a few scenes like that that sort of survived all the rewrites. That... Great. Now, I just put a fresh coat of lacquer on this this morning, so bear with me with the fumes. Wow. Care. Isn't that something? That's incredible. Thank you. Roses, Deb's favorite. Yes, right. It's beautiful, the little holes of her candle. Well, exactly. I love how you were able to block them and have uh, the two, the couple standing under the chuppah. Mm. What is it? Yeah, I always wondered if people would pick that up. That a little subtle thing that he's standing underneath it. With her, that she would start to kind of, she gets a little nervous. You, you, you don't see that bee, but she kind of looks at him and gets a little nervous and gets off the chuppah. The way Owen says chuppah to me is one of the funniest <laughs> things in the movie. <laughs> we, um, we, we took his <laughs> and extended oh, it a little did? bit. <laughs> <laughs> Just to, to make it sound like he was really trying. Just a teeny bit. He did, a, he did it on his own. Which isn't bad considering I carved it all by hand from one piece of wood. That was it. Improv, mm. wasn't it? <laughs> it was an improv, and I was afraid it would be so out there that we didn't have it in for a little while. And then we said, oh, let's just try it. And it was it just was huge. It played so, so well. You know what? I think I'm going to take a pass on the uh, swimming. Oh, well, I know you can't. No, I don't even have a suit with me. The airline lost my bag. And... Pancake, let's go. Bob's got your suit out here. Coming, Dad. You better get going. Yeah. Gosh, he's great. Congratulations, man. Thank you. And... By the way, she just had the nicest things to say about you. Really? <laughs> I just think it's funny that Owen's playing this part because it really is kind of casting against the exact type of what it could be. Yeah. And he's, that he's such a kind of a nice guy in his own way, you know, really plays against it. There's almost this slight sense that you guys could be buddies almost, which I right. never would have thought would work. It always seemed like... There should be more antagonism, but it works really well. This was, that was a set in Williamsburg. Looks a little bathroom, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was a good idea to just be, a viewers to just be standing there staring at the, the right. speeder. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this was my least favorite day of the shoot. <laughs> it could have been worse. You know, I tried to talk you into wearing a white, you want to be a speeder. white speeder? Yeah, I thought that would be, be more emasculating. Yeah. And I was so worried when I saw how ripped you were. I was like, oh my god, you're so buff. And then you totally sold it by standing behind that fern. That's great. Anybody cares that the pool is only three feet deep? <laughs> we had a platform built 
Well, this became an indoor pool. It wasn't written in as an indoor pool. It became an indoor pool because we were shooting so late in the year on the East Coast. Yeah, originally it was a big sort of summery thing in the fall outdoors with uh, barbecuing salmon and... It was sort of extraordinary that we found this location, too. Yeah, how many people have such a big indoor pool? I guess on the East Coast it's more common. Danny, take the deep shots. Okay, I just, I love how competitive Bob gets in the scene. <laughs> it's really like the most out on the surface that you see his... All right. <laughs> <laughs> that look... That look is so good. And the way Randy Newman scored it with those choral angel voices over how screwed you are. We did, we did play a little uh, volleyball in between takes. There was kind of... We were in the pool all day. Bob, you were in the pool all day. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> I am... Um, I had to hit Nicole DeHuff about 30 times in the face to get that shot right. We had it, uh, it was a balloon inside of a piece of nylon, so it wasn't that heavy, but I wonder if she'd let me do it <laughs> after, after that experience This was again. her first movie, too. This was her first movie, so I was <laughs> exploiting her. We never heard her, but it got pretty annoying. Dad, you can totally see Voight backwards on your forehead. Mm. Yes, sir. Grove Song Selection with Bob. Yeah. Bob. Bob! Yeah, Jack. Are you a Mr. Fokker? Yes. Okay, sign here, please. Great. Thank you. Hey, your suitcase. Did you go through it and make sure it's all there? Yeah, it's fine. Good. What's up? Another scene inside the den. Around the world. Oh, yeah. I'm really sorry about that. Okay. I don't know what got into me. Iceman. Iceman? Oh, I'm sorry. Is that like a special thing between you and Kevin? Because oh, I can. Stop it. Stop what? Iceman? Top Gun was a very popular movie when Kevin and I dated. All right? That's it. Hey, Iceman. I have no problem with that. This was a, a Hamburg scene. Right. Actually, the, the Iceman thing was, uh, was in the original. Oh, that was? Yeah. Oh. Because Goose dies in the end. Mm. Mm. Very sad. Mm -hmm. Honey, I don't really. Greg, don't... shut up. Okay. You lose track of the different uh, writers' contributions. All four of them, uh, not only Jim Hersfeld and John Hamburg, but Alexander Payne and Jim Taylor, who came on, all contributed so much, right. and they all stayed involved. They all kind of like gave us notes. Hamburg was there throughout all the shooting and came up with all the stuff that sort of stitched it together, which really helped and made yeah, the characters. Yeah. But uh, they all kind of kept feeding back into each other. Okay, I'll be right up. I'll meet you upstairs. Oh, good. They found your suitcase. Yeah. Hey, Jack, I don't quite know what happened back at the tuck shop. I'm, but look, if I've given you the wrong impression regarding Pam in any way, I'm sorry, okay? I have nothing but the best intentions mm -hmm. with Pam, and I, I just... Actually, there's something in the suitcase here that I'm planning on giving her that I think um, symbolizes the level of my commitment uh, to her. This was... 
Bob, you came up with this thing of going into the bathroom, making Ben talk to you from from outside. Maybe, you know what? Maybe Jinx flushed it. I saw a little Jinxy come in last night, um, and he took a little squatted, relieved himself. Jinx knows not to use that toilet, and even if he did, he'd never flush it. What does it matter? The matter, Greg R.N., is that when this toilet is flushed, it runs. And when you have a septic tank that's nearly full and a toilet that's been running all night, then you could have a hell of a problem. Mr. Burns. Nice stench. Hello there, bud. Hours, I'm having a wedding here, so I need my cesspool pump now, not tomorrow. This was one of the first, like the first weeks, scenes, right? Yeah, we shot all these exteriors um, just a couple weeks to try to take advantage of what little warm weather we had left. Jack, I told you it wasn't me, it was Jinx. Fucker, I'm not gonna tell you again. Jinx cannot flush the toilet. He's a cat, for Christ's sakes. The animal doesn't even have thumbs, Fucker. Hey, look at that. Kevo! Over by the tree, right? I thought that was a nice little touch that you chose for Owen's character to have, like, the old pickup truck, kind of classic. <laughs> he sort of sees himself as a renaissance man. <laughs> didn't you kind of grapple with leaving this scene in? We, you know, we had this fantasy that if we left out that sort of mud spray thing that um, we would get reviews saying, at last, a comedy with that took out toilet the mud humor. Spray scene. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, ultimately, that's what it all would have been because we had the cat stuff in anyway. And the, the, the audience just liked it. I didn't right. really, I knew it was sort of ego-oriented from myself to try to cut it out. little scheme to actually turn a profit made more than one? Huh? Really? You don't? Uh-huh. Well, look, hey. That's the cat unit again, because that was not my leg. <laughs> Is it weird to unit. see other people play your body Only parts? when you see, like, your thumb or your, like, you see, like, a little short thumb or a weird <laughs> different fingernail configuration. What's the worst hand you've ever seen standing for yours? Um, I don't know. There's a pretty weird one on this one, I think, early <laughs> on. I think that's, like, for a while I was going to double your hands, but that was, right. it wasn't a good match. So I think the... Second unit director's hands. Well, I mean, it's like got like a really, really hairy hand or something. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think it wouldn't matter the way people like insert things look, but but actors perform differently. <laughs> than That's a funny shot because the way it pops up in the frame. Bob, do you care when other people double your hands? Oh, uh, well, no. I mean, if it's something simple and they can get a hand that looks similar. But sometimes, like, you want it to be your own. Just yeah, something yeah, specific. Something like yeah. Well, you have hand approval, don't you, Bob? Yeah, hand approval. <laughs> Jinx! Don't ask me what it's for. I just need you to do this thing. Now, please, I'm in a time situation. So here's where the scene, uh, the scene where I crawled under the house that was cut out. Is that in the outtakes, too? Yeah. yeah, then, yeah. There's a whole sequence of crawling under the house and overhearing everybody talking uh, about, about my character and just ended up being too long. Yeah, a little too long. The first place Jinx goes when he runs out of the kitchen was down under the house, and Greg has to follow him and um, overhears... 
my favorite line was Owen saying, "He's a Charlie nobody." Yeah. <laughs> we had to cut all those out. It just was a, it just was too much climbing around looking for the cat. Magic dragon. I knew the little crack was lying. Jixie, come here. Come here, little Jixie head. We spend a lot of time up on this roof first couple weeks. You always end up shooting way more than you use for this kind of stuff. You, you would think you would get more sort of Hitchcockian and just storyboard exactly what you're gonna mm -hmm. what you're gonna need, but I don't know how to do that yet. The truth. I love you too much to see you get hurt. I don't care what your information says, Dad. Greg took the MCATs, okay? This is the scene where I got sick, smoking the cigarette. <laughs> this always makes me laugh. Bob, you were really talking Thai, weren't you? Mm. Yeah, I was. It's an actual conversation about uh, the hotel where he's going to send Dr. Bob and Debbie, and he's asking well, about the. Well, I was really ordering from a Thai restaurant. <laughs> Thai takeout. I'm lunch. <laughs> this is a very involved scene to shoot, though. It's always like riding the line where you don't want it to be too contrived, even though it's like definitely a movie situation. But people, you know kind of want to keep everybody along but not let them get too far ahead or think it's too ridiculous but yet it's enjoyable to watch it's kind of riding that line because a lot of the film is psychological sort of character driven comedy and then uh, every once in a while you go off on this very physical broad comedy thing you could you could definitely go too far but it's almost like you kind of have to go too far for it to be worth having into the movie. I love when they hold it. It really goes explodes. up quickly, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> There's no logical reason for that thing to explode. It actually was an accident. They, the uh, gas lines they were under the thing were on, but the pilots didn't go off, so there was just oh, really? a buildup of gas under that floor, and so it just hit and exploded. And everybody tried to talk me into taking that out, but I just loved the way, in a sort of roadrunner, road coyote way, it just goes... <laughs> Yeah, well, it's like the same thing carving it from one piece of wood. People don't really yeah. care about the reality level there. I love the look on Owen's face there, too. He loves labor lost. Yeah, none of the neighbors have seen him either. You tried to milk him, didn't you, you sick son of a bitch? Dad, stop it. That's enough. Honey, please calm down. Well, how can I calm down if we're 15 minutes away from the wedding rehearsal and the ring bearer's missing? <laughs> The ring bearer. Oh, you, your daddy didn't tell you? He taught Jinx to walk down the aisle with his little pillow. Oh, no. Oh. No, you didn't, Dad. Oh. Yeah, yeah. There also was a whole scene before this that was cut where uh, I deny having set the fire, and Bob thinks that kind of is on to me. And there's like a weird kind of showdown that ended up just not, um, just didn't seem to play. I don't know. What was it? it was just I don't know. It was, it was almost like that you came out toweling off saying you know where were you I was in the shower and you were, I like the way you were exaggerating with the towel how 
trying to dry off. It's almost too obvious. It's almost too obvious. And we also had the leftover from the underground crawling around in the dirt. In the dirt, you were all filthy, and there was a whole joke about being so dirty. What were you going to say? It also seemed to stop the movie too. We had a. We were looking for a way to cut and keep moving. Okay, you're going to fill in as the ring bearer. That stupid pillow thing on my head. Oh, yes, you damn well will. Thanks. Thanks. Just gonna wander the streets without food, water, and toilet. Fucker. Actually, you may be in luck. They brought in a human being a little while ago. Huh. There he is. Holy shit, that's Jinx. Jinxie. Uh, now, let me see that photo again. Yeah, you got a picture without that stupid... The set we used three different times. It was the hospital set at the beginning where with the catheter scene, and then it was... Uh, it's the interrogation room at the, the end. The interrogation room at the end. Right. And you know, I'm sorry about that, Chief. Looks just like him. Almost. Except for that tail. <laughs> out the uh, actual spray painting with yeah it was Ben had the idea which I thought was good to chop that scene where he there was a scene where he was gonna open the, the sort of uh, trunk of a of a car and <laughs> reach in and grab the cat and spray paint its tail right. the audiences you know sort of liked it but there was such a great tension created by wondering what really happened and so right. by the time you come right. back so here this we're not sure this maybe a little more interesting is definitely a departure stylistically <laughs> into a super romanticized all the slow motion Randy Newman's music fully didn't hold back <laughs> what process is that where it's kind of jumping a little bit is that intentional we uh yeah we skip framed it um, yeah. printed every other frame you know twice and um and then you came in and looped that last line jinxy yeah <laughs> which i thought really sold it yes i tried there i've tried every you love that cat a brown and black himalayan with a with an all-black tail Mr. Jinx. Yeah, okay, you go check. I'll pull it back. Hey, hey, it's the man of the hour. There was a period early in, in the uh, rewriting process where we always wondered if the cat should play such a central role in the film. It could sort of seem silly, but it, um, I think once we cast you, Bob, knowing, you know, how these characters you've played have always been so edgy, the cat actually became this perfect balance with the paranoia of the uh, CIA character and um, becomes, a, in a certain way, it also becomes a bit of a henchman for, <laughs> for him roaming around the house whenever you're not there watching, watching Greg. Mm. 
this little sequence back in the house reminds me of the movie Gremlins. <laughs> Gremlins. Matt, that's very. It's the lowest budget. Yeah. <laughs> shot in the movie. The guy in there wiggling a dress as the kid comes out. Kevin looks lonely. <laughs> <laughs> he could uh, whittle a private little. There's some great footage of you guys all dancing around. So some beechwood outside. <laughs> it's very handy. It's an extremely wife and Bob and switching partners with Larry and Debbie. Come on, seriously, <laughs> seriously. Party wishes you ended up with him. This was a reshoot. Why did you reshoot this? The first one was out of focus. <laughs> it was out of focus? <laughs> but it shows you how you can totally recreate a set with just a couple yeah. walls, because this whole scene is just was on the stage. Just these two shots, the back and forth between me and her, and then the right. rest of it was actually in the location in Long Island. No, Jinx. Mr. Jinx. I called you like half... Back to the real shoot. Yeah. I already described it. <laughs> this is my favorite stuff in the film. These these scenes where the two of you are just playing games with each other. It's just so delicious. Jack, hi, it's Hank McAtee from next door. You'll never guess who wandered over here this afternoon. Mr. Jinx. Yeah, he's not wearing it. You might be worried, so just give me a jingle when you guys get home, and I'll. Bring I love that look too. <laughs> it's like the <laughs> most ominous look in the movie. Any luck? No, they're still looking. Hey, Jack, this is a great party. I guess sometimes these things just sort of come together in their own kooky sort of way. Yeah, it's kind of like the way you found Jinxie. You found him at that animal shelter, huh? Yeah, huh? Yeah, right. Well, the important thing is he's home. You're so confident at the beginning, and it just starts eroding through the scenes. A great, trying great to progression. <laughs> just trying to get away. Trying to get away. <laughs> you haven't seen him in four weeks, Briggs, have you? No. Mm -mm. Well, when we get back, I'll show you. You know what? We don't have to do it tonight. You know, he's had a long day. He's probably tired. I wouldn't want to... No, I think he'd like to show you tonight. <laughs> Honey, why don't you give me the key? <laughs> Be my guest, Oh, yeah, I know. Hey, sweetie, what are you doing? Oh, uh, Larry said I could drive. Jay, the car chase is really funny. How did you come up with um, <laughs> designing it? Well, um, we had a, uh, a big, long chase scene in the movie that we were looking forward to using Robert De Niro in because he's like the guy from Ronin and all these great chase movies. And um, the studio didn't really think we should spend that much money and they were actually trying to suggest we cut the whole thing and we were sitting around Ben and John and I talking about it and Ben actually suggested making it a low speed chase in a kind of suburban place and then when I went to the to the set and saw how short these blocks were I, I thought maybe we could do something with these uh, traffic lights and turn it into a speed up you know slow down thing and it uh, these blocks yeah. are only about 150 feet long so it was, it was a perfect place for it yeah it's funny. It's like not anything. You, I never saw anything like that movie. It's funny. Yeah, I've never. And it, a lot of it came together just from the limitations we had. I mean, we. I didn't have 
I didn't have you and uh, I didn't have Ben and Bob on the same night, except for this night that we're shooting this scene right here. Yeah, and all, well, all these all these shots weren't we were never together. For, right, just so in that over, yeah. We didn't know what the other guy was, what face the other guy. Was. <laughs> You're just playing it to the. Uh, they were just playing it to the lens on the camera. I had this idea, I just had this idea that the redundancy of that shot, yeah. you know, just like, you know, just doing that same thing over and over would somehow be funny. I don't know, I don't know why. But that, yeah, that pan around was, that's actually where, when I was standing on that block and looking that I could actually pan from left to right and, and it would happen quickly enough that I'd never have to cut was right. where the whole idea of that the traffic light part of it came up. <laughs> but it was all off of your thing of like, well, what if we had an anti-chase? Which, uh, which was really good. Yeah, these were totally disconnected. I <laughs> <laughs> also just like how kind of broad this gets at this point in the movie. <laughs> I mean, we just really make it silly faces at each other. I think there's some in the outtakes where Bob's like flipping you off. Oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I hadn't seen that until I saw the outtakes. <laughs> Fokker. Another Fokker which we put in in post-production. We could just never seem to get enough of them in. How do you feel about that beret now, Bob? I think it's okay. I mean, you tie it in with, with that picture in my... My little sort of um, hideaway office or whatever. I don't know if people do, but it's sort of... If you did it one more time with another sort of a hat or something, it might have made it more clear. But I, I don't think it's, it's wrong. I mean, it, how do you think? Do I think, think it's great. When you came up with it, I was not sure. It seemed almost like it would turn you into a French guy or something, you know. Yeah. And, and then... Uh, Seeing it cut together, I think it looks great because it's it's eccentric, you know. And it, yeah, exactly. It's a chase scene, but you're, you're wearing a beret. It just so let me get this straight, Jay. Beret equals French guy <laughs> to you. That's for, you know, I, that's isn't that what always happens? Like Hogan's Heroes, and uh, there's always a no an apology to the French people. His <laughs> <laughs> tail to make him look like Jinxie, didn't you, Falker? What's he talking about? Hank McAtee called me a couple of hours ago and told me he found Jinxie. He took his collar and put it on an imposter. Then he Once again, we're in the den. It's Jack Slayer. You know, yeah. it's his... No, I mean, it's necessary to have all the scenes in there, but it's just no, funny it's, how many scenes ended up playing out in that room. Don't get me wrong. I love the den. <laughs> I know it was beautifully designed. <laughs> I thought Rest did a great job. I actually took some ideas for You don't like it, do you, from it? No, I, I love like it. I love the wood paneling. <laughs> So much of the film, so much of the decisions in making the film were about making Greg be more and more off balance and almost everything I did, which probably also made you uncomfortable, you know, right. take away your, the clothes you look good in, put right. you in rooms that you're sick of, put you in too tight of space. <laughs> but it was, it was all some diabolical scheme to, to make the whole thing into a nightmare, a kind of anxiety dream. Get out of my house, Fokker. Take your friend with you. That was a, 
Bob did that in one of the rehearsals, handed you the cat, and I thought, oh, yeah. no, there goes my whole blocking plan. Oh, really? Because I didn't expect to have to have you stand there holding the cat for the scene. Right, right. And I thought, how's he going to do it? But almost every time we stuck the cat into something, it actually s sort of spiced things up in some weird way. I'm a very accepting person, Parker. All I ask for is honesty. Oh, honesty? <laughs> Get rid of the cat. Let's talk a little. I love the way you turn it, turn it around here, though. Is it? Jack. Was he talking about that? <laughs> I like Bob's trying to. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't? Huh? What's the matter? Cat got your tongue? Hey, Pam, guess what? Daddy's planning a little covert operation in Thailand for the day after the wedding. Did you know that? Oh, you are? Round and round we go, Jack. Hey, I bet everybody would love to hear about your little rendezvous in the parking lot of the Oyster Bay Drug and Sundry. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Where the guy gave you the passports and the documents? Or how about your little phone call in Thai? Jack can't talk Thai. Oh, no, Dina, Jack can talk Thai. Blythe just is funny. Was that, I think she came up with that, didn't she? I think Blythe. she did. She's so, I mean. And then everybody started doing it. And that, when you repeat it, it's so funny. Daddy. Jack can talk Thai. Jack talk Thai. My, my cover's blown. I, I, I am planning a secret operation the day after the wedding. What? A surprise honeymoon for Deb and Bob. You stupid son of a bitch. You just blew it. What? Koh Samui's an island off the coast of Thailand. That guy I was meeting in the parking lot is Thor Svensson, my travel agent. He was giving me their visa. <laughs> if we get to do a sequel, Bob, we want to... Play with the idea that you are actually still in the CIA. That they right. Part of an elaborate scheme to make it seem like the best agents retired. Right. But they're still in. Yeah, good. So that would mean Thor Svensson is actually a CIA <laughs> operative? <or? laughs> no, he's just a travel agent. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love that shot. Walk of shame. The walk of shame. The gauntlet. The thin blue line. <laughs> Bob said, you just blew it, you stupid son of a bitch. And one take he said, you just blew it, you nincompoop. And we, we get to use that in the TV versions. So. Oh, really? Oh, cool. <laughs> Sometimes TV versions allow you to do funny stuff that you don't get to do. Well, I guess I'm going to go. And this is, again, like one of those, we shot this part of the scene months before we shot the, one, the inside part of it. Yeah. Yes, you're going to stay here. You wish you could shoot in sequence all the time, right? Man. As an actor, I think, yeah, but, you know, so impractical. It became a, a somewhat intentional motif that you were always alone, you know, away from the group, and the group's mm -hmm. always confronting you like that. Gaylord M. Falker? Yeah. That's me. This was John Hamburg, the Gaylord. <laughs> I remember when he brought that in. <laughs> we all kind of like, yeah, that's funny, I guess. <laughs> I remember just thinking, wait a minute, I have to play a character named Gaylord. So your name's Gay Falker. <laughs> <laughs>
not a normal day, you know. <laughs> Such a cruel family. That's all I could ever think of. <laughs> cruel group of people. <laughs> they were even crueler on the night we shot. They were just improvising. I know, there were some bigger things, right? We were just like really yucking it up. I had to tone it down a little bit in cutting. I said, they were so mean, I didn't think you'd ever want to go back. This is a, like Westchester Airport. Yeah, that uh, private airport out in Westchester. So you you added in all the sound effects later of her typing con constantly, right? Yeah, we just tried to exaggerate it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> the look on your face is no so idea. priceless. I had no idea that you were going to keep the typing <laughs> and all that at all. So. <laughs> it looks like you're completely irked by it. I think in the rehearsals she did that. Yeah, she Remember? did a lot, but it wasn't like all the it way through. It wasn't all the way through. Yeah. <laughs> also, this was the last couple of days of shooting, too, the I movie, know. which kind of helped for the whole Oh, we, I was so sick. We were all, like, so tired. That whole, uh, this whole run here came mostly out of uh, a, a, a polished draft that Alexander Payne and Jim Taylor came up with, all of this stuff that satirizes the airport. The guys who did election uh, worked with us on that. I think that's my phone. That actually is. We should be all right with only one usher, don't you think? I'm not so sure, Jack. I thought this was a kind of always a dicey area to have to get through to like resolve all this because the audience wants to see it resolved, but it's hard to do it in a way that happens quickly and realistically and comically and you know. enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. To, to to keep up the uh, the comedic and tone like, and for the characters, like for Bob's character, to have to come around and yeah, it was a lot not easy time. to figure out how to do that. I think we got the third act sort of finally written about two weeks before we stopped shooting. Yeah, yeah. And then still came back and reshot a couple scenes in post-production. Sort of always the way it is, the third act is always, the ending is always what you're redoing over and over and over. So yeah, it's hard because you always want it to be a strong ending because people walk out of the theater and that's the last thing they remember. But it's so hard to resolve all these things. Who is Jack? Nobody is. I think the airport stuff was great as a, tonal intercut thing to keep the comedy going and make it entertaining but then still yeah but also like and also just in like a scene like this where you know because life is so good and Bob's so good that you can buy these these very you know these shifts yeah even though they're very sort of sentimental they, they still play really they hold your attention I feel sorry for Jack here <laughs> he's kind of missed it and You've got to get it back. I mean, it's also nice that the movie can work on an emotional level, too. Yeah. Listen, I am so sorry. I acted like a complete idiot, and and I hope that you can forgive me. I mean, I, I don't care about... The music really helped here, too. Um, all these performances were really, really sweet and excellent. I mean... I think people are surprised when they see this uh, these layers of 
of emotions play through a scene like this. Um, and then Randy Newman came and underscored it beautifully. And um, he's, his music is so, it's ironic, but it also is very emotional. And here it's just as um, kind of rich and textured as any good drama would be. Also, Terry did a great job there because, you know, she has to carry this whole, you know, the weight of that. Yeah, that's All a long the, shot, too. She carried yeah. the whole thing. We That shot of Bob we put in in the reshoots, um, but it originally played all in one take, and it was beautiful, beautiful performance. And then, we, <laughs> then we're back in action. She was so hysterical. Mm. This is the last scene that I shot in the movie. I think, mm. did you guys shoot something after that? I think it was the last scene, because yeah. uh, we shot Bob out a few hours before, oh. and then... Um, we'll call you home momentarily. Step aside, sir. This was... That was a great idea to not cut around to see the empty room until later. Uh, we she's all. she's just so funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Kali Rocha. <laughs> Thank you for waiting. We'd like to continue boarding the aircraft now. We're now boarding all rows, please. She just you just met her. She came in to read for the part, or yeah, um, they found her. I think she's a theater actress in New York, and um, Ellen uh, and Susie found her and. Uh, she came in red. There was about 20 or 30 people that I got to see, and she just had this tone. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the, way you, the way you respond to her is just... You were really tired even on that night, but you just totally nailed it. She's kind of got the perfect tweaked energy. Yeah. And you think she's gone. You know, you think she's out of the movie at that point. <laughs> He couldn't say anything because he wasn't, he wasn't SAG. Hey, I'm not shaking my back, okay? Okay, there's no need to raise your voice, sir. I'm not raising my voice. This would be raising my voice. Okay? <laughs> I don't want to shake my back, okay? By the way, your airline... A lot of this scene was improvised. The, some of it was... Some of the sort of hints for it were in the script, but Ben came up with all these lines. That they, you could have. I don't know if you could have done this off the script. It was The rant was so... Uh, it had to be so crazy. I'm finished with the checking of the bags conversation. <laughs> you could never write that. <laughs> Just so good. No, no. Okay. Then shut your pie hole and listen to me. I am finished with the checking of the bags conversation. Excellent. You know what? Just give me a little pause. It gets a little violent there. <laughs> Got him almost going. Crosses the line there. That's the is that scene. your visual effects shot? Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's, that's a special effect that's shot. That's a special right? effect shot to make the plane look deep. It's only about uh, 20 feet long. And that scene where you yank the thing off out of the top is uh, what we had to cut for the airline version. Oh, really? <laughs> so the airlines weren't too happy about you going off on her that much. Okay. If you can get it from my I'm surprised they let us keep any of it in. I mean, we, we couldn't get a real airline to uh, cooperate with us because of the lost luggage and all that stuff. So that's why we made up Atlantic America. Right. But uh, 
<laughs> that's the best do. of United and American Airlines <laughs> in its logo. <laughs> no, that's not based on any real airline. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Lawsuit, lawsuit. I've got a plane full of people saying you threatened that stewardess. I was not threatening her. I was just trying to get my bag into the overhead storage. We kind of improv this opening yeah. of the scene. This is completely improvised. We, this was a hard day of shooting. We felt we like there wasn't enough was. energy in the beginning. Yeah. So then, this, you can't say just, it's, exactly. I've learned from this actually because you think, oh, you can just script these lines and there'll be more conflict because of the, the subjects and the content. But it's really all about just yelling at each other and, and being funny at it. And you can't do it off of a script. You guys did a great job. That bomb, 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 deal. <laughs> yeah, it's terrific. <laughs> Clinched it for me. I thought that was so good. Yeah, you, sometimes you just throw the script out. I, I'm just. This scene was. I think when we were, we were shooting it and. It was being rewritten. I think we all felt a little unsure of it, even through the time it was shot. Right through shooting. Mm. And I'm always surprised when I see it from an audience how how well it works. And I, I think a lot of it is also just kind of people are ready for to see the resolution for the film, and it kind of does it in a satisfying way, I guess. But, but it's funny, when we were shooting it, I had no idea if it was working or not. I don't know how you felt, Bob. Was, uh, felt like well, was just I was wondering, I, when we were shooting the scene, I didn't know if it was going to work or not. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't sure either. Yes. Are you a male nurse? Yes. Are you a pothead? No. Have you ever smoked pot? Yes. It's one of those scenes that's based on a kind of a gimmicky idea, the human lie detector thing, and there's there are jokes built into it, but there's also this very important sort of shift in all the emotions of the film, and you act, it's the first time you really, really stand up to him. You've stood, you kind of stood up to him in the other thing with the cat, but... This is like standing up to him and being totally honest about everything. And it's where Jack, or Bob's character, uh, what is you that? know, has a sort of final... He's, he's turned, but the audience doesn't know yet where he's turned to, and he, he still cares very much about his daughter, and he's not going to let up um, this sort of vigilance. And uh, to do all that and keep it entertaining, you know, I just wasn't sure it was going to work, but um, you guys did an amazing job. You've got some serious issues. If I lighten up, would you consider marrying my daughter? Would you lighten up a lot? <laughs> yes. Would you let me and Pam live our lives and not interfere all the time? I promise not to interfere in your lives all the time. Will you stop making fun of me for being a nurse? Could you at least try maybe to consider another profession? Jack, yes or no? Ever? No! Okay, yes. Would you let me and Pam sleep in the same room? Don't push it, fucker. You're in a real mess. If you married my daughter, would you support her in the way that she deserves to be supported? Yes. Would you be honest? This is where having um, a writer on the set is crucial. John mm -hmm. was literally uh, rewriting this throughout the entire day and shifting things around with, with the input from Ben and Bob and myself. And it was pretty tightly scripted by the time it happened, but it came off of improvisations in the rehearsals. And um... There's the two places where I say Falker instead of Fokker. <laughs> uh, we somehow let this slip by. Can we redo this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can do it from right there. You can just say Falker a couple of times. We'll patch it in in the detail. Wasn't there also, Bob, wasn't there, didn't we rehearse it one way where you actually got down on your knee? Yeah. It, right? Oh, yeah. And we decided not to go with that. Yeah, he got down on his knee and proposed. That just didn't work, Jay? It just uh, tonally stepped one 
step over the line into mm. uh, something that wasn't quite real. It was. Mm -hmm. It got such a great reaction when you just pulled the ring out and sort of surprised us to tip it off by going down the knee. Somehow, the audience saw it coming too soon. Right, and didn't go with it as well. This is a reshoot or additional scene that was shot afterwards. I call that enhancements. I'm sorry. Did you hear that? <laughs> no, we call en this enhancement. Yeah, enhancement? This is enhancement shooting because they don't like. <laughs> they're afraid the reshooting uh, term is pejorative in some way. Didn't want any negative buzz to get out of that movie. negative buzz. Yeah, not, the internet's <laughs> powerful. So this is an enhancement shoot of uh, right. a one day. This and the uh, the scene coming up with um, Bob and Blythe in the other room. And Jay, you decided on those flowers when you saw a deli across the street from your hotel with those <laughs> great colorful flowers. I'm surprised you remember that. Yeah, I just the idea of him being stuck at the airport and has to come back and propose but doesn't have time right. to come up with a plan, so he just buys the only flowers that are available, those ridiculous artificially colored. Well, when I saw you coming into the uh, studio that day holding flowers, I thought they were for me, so I couldn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> and to figure out what you were going to do with them. That's a ring. I like to think of it as a little circle of trust. I think animals have become a crutch for me now. They're all men. Really? For a little bit of extra yeah. entertainment value. You've worked with cats before, right? Cats in Austin Powers. Mr. Bigglesworth. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hello, boy, Greg. That circle of trust thing? That's mine. <laughs> That's funny. Just got to do one more thing. What's that? The whole circle of trust thing became a, a great motif. John Hamburg came up with that. The uh, I'll Be Watching You was in the original Hurstfeld draft. That uh, whole thing. But these these little details of the repeatable phrases become part of the word of mouth, which is a, an un you know, kind of underestimated part of the way movies get talked about. Mm-hmm. This is back at the beginning of the shoot. I now pronounce you man I think that was Bob's idea to hold hands. Is your idea? <laughs> oh, okay. Jason. <laughs> I think they lost them. I can't hear them. You guys still there? Can you hear them? I can't hear them. Jane and Bob? Can we just keep talking as yeah. if they were there? When we restructured the script, the uh, surveillance camera stuff yeah, dropped out of the rest of the story. Yeah, this used to be, in the original script, he sees me on the surveillance cameras practicing my, uh, I guess, admitting everything to him. Yeah, and requesting permission to marry Pam. And then he decides to go after me. And we decided to use it just at the end. I just remember when we were shooting this, it was we actually shot it on video. Um, the especially in the other room, and it was just like me and you there, yeah. kind of the most of the crew. I don't know if they were just they <laughs> took yeah. a break or whatever, but it just felt very this part. It really just felt like it was just me and you kind of screwing around. I know it was. You were. I don't think, and there wasn't much scripted at all when you 
Yeah. Talking to the camera here. We kind of like did off. it near the end of the day or something, so it was very loose. And <laughs> I know it was really actually really fun. I could have. I think we just kept doing it and doing it because no one would shut us down. <laughs> right. Right. I have like an hour of that stuff. Something about also doing it on video made it just seem less real. Like yeah. it was more like it wasn't as important. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't it's really funny. the movie. When you get the big but movie so camera shooting you, and then you feel like funny. you have to be good. I wonder if it'll be like that when cameras are small with digital. Yeah, I think uh, George Lucas is shooting uh, the new Star Wars on this camera. This exact <laughs> camera. <laughs> with this lens, too. Yeah. <laughs> I also never pictured Bob actually watching that because I, I think if I really thought of him watching it, I probably would have censored myself much more. But that's what that's what the character is supposed to be going through too. He never knows. He thinks it's just right. showing, you know, just like bolstering his own confidence alone. That's great. I didn't know. That. From what I've read in the press, you you kind of you kept that going, right? <laughs> you always wanted me to feel off balance. I wanted to, but <laughs> like I said, I try. I just would like. Oh, here they are. Oh, hey. Hey, you guys are back. Okay. Yeah, we missed you there for the end of the movie. Yeah. Your commentary was very good, though. Did you, good, hear, yeah. did you hear what we were saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah, good. <clears throat> now, this is um, a special treat. This female voice that's about to kick in saying in French is my wife. Oh, really? You didn't know that? And that's on the actual movie or just on the DVD? Yeah. No, it's on the movie. Oh, very cool. She's singing a duet with Randy Newman. Nobody recognized it because she's singing in French. Susanna Huffs of the Bangles. Yeah? Mm-hmm. She has sung and she sang at the end in both Austin Powers and in this film. So she's become a good luck charm. Kind of a Claudine Langer vibe. Yes, right. I thought it was incredible. <laughs> great commentary. It, this is a great commentary. <laughs> well, it was a fun... Scintillating. What? It was a fun shoot. It was yeah. scintillating, wasn't it? <laughs> Thank God you guys were. Yes, as a matter of fact, you guys could be Siskel yeah. and Ebert. Yeah. This is the best part of the crawl when you see all the, everybody's assistants. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's contractual assistants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes a lot of assistance to make a movie. Location assistance. Green's person really earned her pay. Who was the vocal consultant? Oh, was Michael that? Oh, for singing. Yeah, yeah. Herb Liebers, that's Mr. Stiller's driver. Great guy, Herbie Liebers. He's the man. Herbie's got the most Herbie's incredible great. Yeah, he is. He is like the premier driver, I'd say, on the East Coast. Oh, yeah, it's oh, Herbie. Herbie. Yeah. Yeah. Herbie. Yeah, yeah. Bob, have you worked with animals before in movies? Have you ever had a pet like that? Um, I think in the, this boy's life, I had a dog. Oh, you did? Oh, that's cool. And uh, in the deer hunter, we had a deer that was just <laughs> a big corral. And this, <laughs> a deer that tried to get... That was something. Yeah. I, wanted to, I wanted to be... <laughs> I wanted to be the film that started your relationship with animals, but you had the deer, so... Well, the dog in this boy's life, I think, the uh, stepfather. Mm. It felt to me that that character was slightly related to this guy. Yeah, exactly. This is kind of, right? A little bit more like the nicer comedic oh, version. Oh, yeah, nicer version, slightly. 
benign question. All right, guys. I guess. Nice talking to you. Nice, uh, <laughs> nice talking. Nice hooking up with you guys. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> See you later. All right. Bye. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye.